This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Welcome along. Uh, hello and a uh, warm North Lancashire welcome to this, the Shrimps Trust podcast, which is uh, podcast number eight, which is going rather swiftly for us. Um, my guests tonight on this uh, Shrimps Trust podcast, we have four esteemed guests. Uh, we always have uh, somebody on from the Trust to give us their angle and a supporter's angle as well. Uh, so I'm glad we're being joined by Joel Shooter from the Trust. Evening. Uh, we've also got... Um, We've been double teamed by the boardroom and, and I'm going to call them the young books of the board because uh, they've invigorated the boardroom and uh, obviously they've been, there's been so many changes since James and Charlie got involved. They've all been positive. So welcome along, James. Welcome along, Charlie. Evening, Dave. Evening. I hate you, Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> and, fi- <laughs> and finally, finally, uh, talking to us from his living room, which is decorated in Morecambe's colours, uh, an old boy of ours. Uh, he appeared uh, 20 odd times and scored five goals for us in the season 08-09 under Sammy Mack. And he's uh, a welcome back, uh, probably the youngest coach, we've, first team coach we've ever had, Durban O'Carroll. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. So we'll start, as we always do, with uh, talk about the games that have just happened. Um, first of all, Joel, your take on Shrewsbury on Saturday. Um, we were at the races. We scored two goals in the first half. We played particularly well in the second half without really scoring, but created loads of chances. What was your take on that, Joel? Yeah, I, th- I think kind of in line with what Stephen Robinson said post-match, I think the first half was quite even. I thought Shrewsbury showed a little bit weird, a little moments, and then a little bit of magic from Toomes slipping it over the top to Adam Phillips, making that good running behind. And we get a penalty, we get a quick, we take a bit of momentum, get a quick second one. And um, kind of in the second half, yeah, we kind of really found a groove on the ball and we moved it around so nicely. And it was a bit of a shame that we couldn't get, just quite get that move together to get a good, a really good opportunity to kind of, you know, have a good shot and get a goal in front of the home end, which would have been lovely. But at the end of the day, 2-0, I felt quite comfortable. I think we really killed the game off the way we used the ball in the second half. And yeah, it's a good win, you know, with our first league, league one win. And yeah, just quite comfortable. And I felt quite safe about it. So yeah, really, really happy after that game. Dermot, great, great to be back uh, in front of crowds for all teams, obviously, uh, in the past couple of weeks. Um, did, it, did it pan out against Shrewsbury like you planned or, or uh, didn't it go as well in the first half, but we managed to get two goals? Yeah, it's a strange one. I suppose we always look for we always look for perfection, don't we? But um, first half we were reasonably disappointed with how we played. But you come in two 0 you can never be disappointed. But um, as you said, little bits of quality. Obviously, Adam makes a great run. Toomes finds him, and then Adam's quality from the corner and and Cole is obviously in hot form at the minute, so they just fall to him. So uh, as you said, it, it definitely was better second half, I think. Um, but the good thing is is that we didn't concede another clean sheet, um, and it's. It's positive. We're building again and we've made changes from the previous match. So it's, uh, we're still getting there. Continuity will come in a few more weeks and a few more months. But, um, but definitely lots and lots of positives, that's for sure. 
Yeah, particularly um, some of the some of the uh, the young lads who came, uh, who've obviously only been with us a short period of time, like Josh McPaik and uh, Alfie McCalmont, etc. Uh, there was, for me personally, just being in the in the home end, there was about 15, 10, 10, 15 minutes in the second half where some of the stuff we were playing, I, with the, the people looking at each other going, because I've never seen any Morecambe team play uh, such interpassing and such quick thinking and movement off the ball, Greg Lee overlapping, et cetera, et cetera. It was really, really entertaining to watch. Now, from James and Charlie's point of view here, you've got to be chuffed with the... Uh, with, with A, the crowd, and B, the reaction of the crowd? Yeah, I know, the, well, first of all, we've had 3,770-odd for um, the Tuesday the, the Shrewsbury game, and then um, 4,000-plus on a Tuesday night yeah. against Rotherham, which is just absolutely amazing. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's more than we could possibly have hoped for, so that's, that, that's fantastic. And I tell you what, the crowd... Have just taken to, to to everything that we're trying to do, and they've, they've taken to the, the, the players. I mean, you know, how do you how do you know what to say when you've got so many signings and such a massive massive turnover in, in the space of six or seven weeks? Thanks, Dermot and Stephen. Um, but the honestly, the, the crowd has just been absolutely fantastic. On on Saturday, you know, it, again, the eleven men on the pitch were comfortably, the twelfth man won comfortably as well. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. You can't ask for any more. We just got to make sure we can serve your pies, pies and beers. Charlie, your take on it? Um, it, it, it the, for a first for a first week in this division, it couldn't really have gone, you know, any better on Saturday against Shrewsbury, could it? No, it was absolutely dream world freeze. Um, um, you know, we've we've got to take stock. Dan and I were talking before we came on. You know, we've got to take stock of where we where we've come from, where we're going to. You know, it's absolutely amazing football. Um, and obviously, um, we're all absolutely delighted. Looking forward to the Gillingham game on Saturday as well, which uh, we've had with James um, and I have been speaking quite closely with the uh, super fan of Gillingham. He's a really nice guy, he, called Matt, who they're, 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 not, they're not in a very good way with their squad and everything, I'm sure, tomorrow later. So hopefully a, a good result moving forward. But um, you know, I know there were frustrations with some of the crowd about queuing times and getting beers and all that sort of stuff and you know that's what we're working really really hard to do that's why Ben Sadler's come on board and the F&B team and the operation team working so hard to try and make the, the fan experience of coming to the Mizuma not just watching the amazing football but the stuff in the background and yeah. outside the ground and in the concourses to make sure that's as, as, as uh, high quality as possible as quickly as possible but obviously we're not going to go from you know it's going to be very difficult to go from no well no well, 2000, two seasons ago, no crowd at all last season, yeah. and 4,000, ta-da, yeah. 4,000 fans. You know, it, so we're, we're working hard in the background, and I understand from Ben that the, the Rotherham um, provision was much, much better, um, and, uh, you know, hopefully moving forward, we'll be able to match the football and the fan experience all, all in one, and we'll be able to win, win the accolades once to win from the AFL. So moving on to the Rotherham game, um, when, when we looked at the fixtures and myself and Joel were talking about this last week as, as we'd finished recording, uh, we both thought that Rotherham might well be a potential banana skin for us because uh, Paul Warren, a great manager at this level, got them promoted. Uh, very, it was eight minutes from keeping them in that division uh, and they've invested quite heavily. They've got a really, really good experienced squad. They've got... Um, 
a lot of big players, and I mean big players as in physically fit and athletes, uh, they moved the ball particularly well. Um, and I think overall it was probably a great performance from us to actually stay with them for many parts of the game because we have got so many young players. Um, your thoughts on it, Joel? Yeah, I think first off, Rotherham, you can, you can see what a good side they are. I think, I mean, obviously it's early days in the season still, but especially when you compare it, compare them to Shrewsbury, sorry Shrewsbury, but uh, you know, <laughs> they, they were leagues ahead, I thought. And I think we, there won't be many tougher games, I don't think, in the division. Hopefully not either, but uh, yeah, they were just really good. Um, and I think, as David kind of alluded to earlier about the fact that you know we're we're still in the early stages of this project, and it'll still be a few more weeks before we gel even further. I think we we saw here a team. Obviously, they've had turnover over the period of years that Paul Warren's been there, but it's been the same manager for a long period of time. He's had them in the championship. There's a way of a kind of system in place. There's a way of playing that he's used to coaching. And like the the older players there will kind of help the new players come on board, and there'll be that kind of ability to gel and understand quickly. So you see that kind of a side that's quite far down in its kind of road of development. You know, they're they're pretty set, and they all know what they're doing very well. We're obviously we're kind of you know building when we're at the start of the project. We, we've had eighteen new, we've got eighteen new players now, and, and this is the start of something. So to you know compete the way we did with them, I thought was excellent, and uh, obviously. And we only lost to a bit of a freak goal with the wind, kind of catching it a little bit and dropping it over Anderson's head. So, you know, it's obviously a shame to lose, but you look at Rollins and say that they're a cracking side. We kept pace with them for some periods. We defended really well at some points. And, you know, we move on to the next game and say, you know, that was one of the toughest ones in the, the, that we're probably going to get in the division. So we can't be too down beat about it. Uh, look, looking at that, Dermot, they, they presented a different set of challenges from Shrewsbury because they'd obviously done the homework and seen that. Uh, out more often than not, Cole was our fulcrum, our our main attacker, and they were very clever in putting uh, when they when they left three centre backs at the back, they put one in front, one behind, and it was difficult to get it into Cole. And I kind of, I kind of, I'm, I'm not trying to second guess you, but it would have been nice to have uh, an Abika or an younger to put alongside him to sort of scupper that. But obviously, we didn't have, and I suppose that's why we've got Courtney now. But talk us through the, the challenges on Tuesday night. Yeah, listen, I can only echo what you said. I, I, I do, I watched their previous three or four games. I watched a few of their preseason games and obviously started the season. And the first thing I said was they are a different level to what we've played so far. Um, Ipswich will get better. Obviously, they are a, they're a bit of a project themselves, a lot, of, a lot of new players as well. But even with Blackburn, Rotherham are uh, they're the best side out of possession. So you saw even when they lost the ball, they were right on us every time and it was everybody went in a similar way that what we want to do and what we want to establish is that as soon as you lose it, you can win it back within three, four seconds. Um, so they were, I think the intensity and, and as, um, as you mentioned earlier, it was, they have boys that are there. They know exactly what the manager wants from them. They know exactly the system. They know the, the style. Wiles in midfield, Smith up front. They're, they're top players in this division. Really, really good players. They'll do well to hold on to them. Um, but in fairness, I think we knew it would be physical. We knew it would be up and at them. We knew they'd be reasonably direct at times. And as you mentioned, they're, uh, especially with some of their subs, they're, they're land of the giants. Like So it's, um, it's one of them where you've got maybe Tombs competing for headers and you know he's not going to win them. So it's, it's getting used to the, the flick-ons and kind of dealing with that. But I think in fairness to the boys, they, they were a credit. They, they, honestly, they were fantastic. And I think, as you said, it's Jockel's disappointed and, and, and rightly so because he's quality and I think he was fantastic on the night. But... Um, I don't think we deserve to win the game. I think that's the thing. We didn't do enough. We didn't threaten enough. 
Um, as you said, they stopped cool, which meant then there's a bit more pressure on Josh and Arthur and, and the midfielders to create. And although the boys played very well, I thought Josh played very well in particular, um, we didn't maybe threaten in the final third enough. Um, and as you said, if you had Obika, you had a younger, or you now had big Courtney uh, coming in, then it's one of them options where you can, you can change the style, you can match them up, you can go, as we did against Blackburn, you can go 3-5-2. So, um, but no, huge positives. The good thing is the boys were so disappointed. They were gutted to lose the game. They didn't feel like they deserved to lose it. And I think Rotherham will be, it's easy for us to say no, but I think Rotherham will be at least top four, I would say. Um, and, and they were very complimentary about us and, and everything else. So it'll be good. We're, we're trying our best. The, the, the balance of the minute is that obviously we're still trying to change the style um, and we're still trying to influence that a little bit to, to make it a bit more aesthetically pleasing. There's nothing wrong with what was done last year. Derek is a magician. He's done a fantastic job with the, the resources and the squad and everything that was here last year. But we have our own way. Um, we have our own style and we, we're looked to to maybe play a little bit more at times um, and then hopefully entertain and then that can keep the fans coming back, please God. But it is, it's definitely still a working project. So uh, I'll, I'll come to Charlie and, and James now and you can answer this in your own ways, but uh, looking at that, it, it, there was no, there's no disgrace in losing to a decent Rotherham side. I think we all agree that they are going to be at the sharp end come the end of the season. But uh, I have to say, uh, that we might well be defeated by their goal of the season there. What do you think, Charlie? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a hell of a strike. But uh, I think Yoko came in, did, in an interview afterwards, didn't he? It was very, very, uh, very, very dynamic interview. I thought it was great. And uh, he, um, he he was gutted, but I don't think he should be that gutted, really. I think, like Joel said, it was a bit of a freak. Um, he's made so many good saves beforehand. And uh, Dermot said, you know, it, it could have been a draw, but, you know, it's, uh, hopefully we'll score better along the, along the way. So, James, you, you touched on it before. And uh, this is, people listening to this will know I'm a long-time fan. I, this is a sad fact, but I knew it straight away. And this is going to amaze you, Joel. But we played Rotherham when we were in the Northern Premier League in the first round of the FA Cup in November 1979. I was 16. We drew one apiece. We got a penalty in the last 10 minutes. We were 1-0 down. They were in exactly the same division as they are now, what was then Division 3. Guess what the attendance was? 4,004. What was the no. attendance? It was! <laughs> when they announced, announced 4,004, literally, I've been looking at the programme the day, the day before and I was thinking... They've done that deliberately. That's that's, that's, that's that. So James, four thousand and four. You've got to be happy with that on a Tuesday night, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, really happy. It's funny. I, I was doing some. I, I was looking into Rotherham before the game, and um, on the basis that before the game we'd had two games in the in in the third tier, and I was work, I, I couldn't quite work it out because you've got the different like Northern Premier Leagues and where the what was Division Two, Division Three, Division One, and everything else, but. Basically, I worked out that they've had more than 2,000 games in the third tier, and we'd had two games in the third tier. So in terms of experience at the level, if that was relevant, it's, it was quite a lot more. But uh, yeah, 4,000 odd fans on a Tuesday night is just fantastic. You know, um, we've all been at games on a Tuesday night, and it's, it's 1,200, 1,300, and that's in recent history. Yeah. Go back to, you know, like my, my, my early 20s and late teens, and it, was, it wasn't even 300. 
So it's, it's a massive, massive push on. And one of the big things for me was, you know, it's one thing to pat yourself on the back for something. It's another thing to actually look at what's relevant in terms of comparisons. And Accrington's a pretty relevant comparison. And, you know, Accrington was not far over 2,000 on Tuesday night. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive, massive, massive improvement. Um, it, it's fantastic that so many people, not just from Morecambe, but from the wider area are getting involved with the club people who've not come before people who have come before have maybe lost love with it and come back into it we just got to make sure that we're able to make the experience a really good one to keep them there and that's partly down to Dermot and Stephen and the, the team and it's partly down to making sure that people have a really good time when, when they're at the stadium and wherever they're standing or the city so um, yeah it's it's fantastic it's, it's surpassed expectations what, what? The, the job not done what was lovely and uh, was that of 4,000 people, we can probably say near enough 3,500 were Morecambe fans and most of them stayed to applaud the team at the end because they yeah. could see they'd put the effort in, Dermot. Yeah, we, we actually chatted about that today. We discussed it. We were saying that um, that there's not many teams that lose 1-0 um, and go off to near enough a standing ovation. Uh, like Again, you look at a lot of the boys and, and that's massive for them. They're not used to it. Like Jockel had never played in front of a crowd before. No. You look at it, he, he comes into the season and yes, he was on loan last year, but there was nobody there. Um, Alfie McCallum was at Oldham last year, there was nobody there. So these yeah. boys are still, still learning. Yeah. yeah, so it's a, it's a massive consideration for them. But um, And the, the fans, I, I just echo, obviously it was 2008 when I was at the former stadium, but I could have, I think it was 12, 13, 1400s most weeks and that's on Saturdays and um, so to see 4,000 there and the, the, the noise and the support and fantastic and it, it will be massive it's the cliche to say but it, it will be massive for us because there will be tough times there will be dodgy runs and, 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 and tough moments in games but Jocko arguably there's a, a mistake the wind whatever it is but there's nobody got on him no, nobody from the crowd nobody everyone was straight up supporting and going again um, so no it was fantastic and just while I have these as well just before I forget um, we've made 18 signings but I must say, and this is a credit to the, the two lads that are here, uh, I think Ben is, is one of our best signings of the season. I think Ben's fantastic. Um, you see the quality and the uh, professionalism of his statement online, clarifying the things after the Shrewsbury game. But he's, yeah. uh, people won't see it because it's not as flashy as some of the things that we'll maybe put on. But Ben is, uh, is first class and he's, he's right up there with some of the best signings we've made this year. Good to hear so you, you were saying there's going, to be, there's going to be tough times, Dermot, and I'll, I'll come to you straight away because I want to talk about the injuries because we were, we're not exactly been lucky with them because obviously signed John Abeke, uh, he got injured. So we signed uh, John or a younger to replace him and now we've had to replace him. So it's a bit of a nightmare. I understand there's some good news with maybe um, Delaney and Wildig making appearances or possibly being fit, but I mean, to, give us an update. Yeah, well, listen, we were sitting we were sitting last week with, I think it was six injured. So Andre as well, the young goalkeeper, was injured as well. So, um, And obviously we had Kyle then Tuesday night as well with a little knock. So um, luckily today, now training with Delaney and, and Wildig, we're full training today, which is fantastic. Um, it might come early for them the weekend, but obviously building towards Preston and Sheffield Wednesday, it'll be, it'll be big. Gibbo is out as well today running. Um, no issues, no, no reaction. He is a week or so behind them, um, but that'll be massive, obviously, with, with Greg, who's done fantastic. But obviously, Greg's coming off the back of a serious injury last year as well. So having the two in that position in particular is, is massive. Um, 
it was a sickener. John Obika, we knew John from up up the road and and playing for St Mirren and John's a he's a powerful guy. He's a quick guy. He ticks every box for what we're looking for. Um, the only positive of him getting injured is we got Jonah. Um, and he he had been on our list. He was one that we didn't think was available. We we when we sat down to look at the squad and there was only three players when we came in. But Jonah, unfortunately, at the time wasn't available, so we had to move on. But um, it was a freak of luck that he was on our list. And as soon as John got injured, he became available. And um, and now, unfortunately, we're hoping it'll maybe be six weeks, eight weeks. Um, we were worried that it was going to be longer term. But Jonah, as you can see in the Ipswich game and the Blackburn game, is, is a serious player. He's a serious threat. Um, John would have been as well. He'll be a little bit longer. But now we look to uh, to Big Doofus, who's come in. And he's uh, he's another one who was on our list. He's another one the manager considered a few times up in, in Motherwell as well and, and looked at him and, and just couldn't get a deal over the line. So the big thing to, to let people know is these aren't panic signings. They're not, we wouldn't bring bodies into the building for the sake of it. We're, we're not looking to stockpile players. We're not looking to have 10 players in the stand. We want every week for somebody to want to play and, and to be in the mix to play. Um, so the big man coming in, he trained this morning, he looks sharp, looks fit and he's hungry. He wants to prove himself and, it's a step up for him, but I think he'll uh, he'll surprise a few people. Well, I sincerely hope so, but it's good to hear. I just hope, um, from that point of view, I hope, I hope uh, Ryan and Aaron Wildig are, are okay and, and have been involved on Saturday. And it'd be interesting to see what Courtney does, because obviously, uh, you know, the, the need for somebody to give Cole a hand up front is fairly obvious to all of us. But yeah. so, so uh, from that point of view, um, I, I don't think it was a panic signing. Uh, I just hope he can stay clear of injuries because obviously it seems to be the cursed big man up front position, doesn't it, at the moment? Yeah, a little, a little bit. And, and I suppose Cole being uh, the bear, the strong man that he is, he's, he's just he's swatting people away from injuries. But no, and the, the thing is, the frustrating for, thing for us is we plan our pre-season, we plan our, our sessions to make sure that the load and the players' muscles and different things isn't too high. And, and Chris Squirrel, who is the sports scientist here, everything is, is, is documented. So you're worried about muscle injuries, but most of them have been impact injuries, freak injuries. Jonah's a real freak injury. Jonah actually cuts in in the 86 minutes, should have shot probably with his right, cuts in and that's how he gets injured. Um, played the game on, thought he was fine, was ready for the weekend and the scan shows the issue. So um, John Obika hadn't missed the game for two years. So it's, it's just one of them things. It's, it's just, but listen, we, we move on and it's given Cole the chance to really establish himself and really get the 90 minutes under his belt every week. And, and he's showing, which I'm delighted for him, he's showing everybody how good he is, that he's, he's more than comfortable at this level and, and can continue to kick on for us. So looking at the games coming up, I'll come to you now, Joel. Um, Dillingham on Saturday, uh, we know a lot about Dillingham, obviously. Uh, Verdane Oliver, he's started all three games for them so far, ex-Morecambe, perhaps not used in his, his, his best way when, uh, when he was here. But he's gone on to prove uh, most of the supporters wrong. He was used as a, a big target man by us, perhaps not not to to his advantage, because he never played up front with anybody with him. But uh, he's gone on to prove both at Northampton and at Gillingham that he can be quite a threat. And waiting in the wings, they've got John Akindi as well. So similar type of player who's been on big money at Lincoln in the past. So um, Gillingham's not going to be an easy place to go, Joel. No, it won't. I mean, obviously with the Dane Oliver, I think, What's interesting with, with him is, I think at this level he is, when it comes to winning the ball aerially for strikers, I don't think there are too many better around at this level. 
But obviously, like you say, we didn't have many people around him when, when he was at the club um, to kind of pick up on those knock-ons and, 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 and the space he create until we got Aaron Collins in, actually, right at the, uh, right at the end of his kind of stay. That's when I thought we would start to see a bit more produ- uh, productivity coming from Oliver. But yeah, I kind of almost got the feeling that Jim wanted him, Jim Bentley wanted him to be more like Cole Stockton in, in the way that he can hold the ball up for a few yeah. seconds and then bring others into play rather than win the flick on, which is what Oliver's better at. But yeah, obviously that, that'll be, I'm sure, something that Demon would have, you know, and, and Stephen would have identified and they'll be working on uh, a kin day. I think they tried him up front at the first game of the season. I don't, I, I'm not sure if that would have worked too well because he wants somebody maybe a bit, a little bit nippier, a bit more mobile than the kid to kind yeah. of hoover up on those knockdowns. So maybe they'll, they'll, they'll go for that kind of thing. They've got, I think they've got Danny Lloyd. He's more, I don't know. We'll see what kind of goes on there. But yeah, they've tried a few different approaches, I think, from what I can see this season. But it'll be tough. I mean, hopefully it won't be quite as tough as Rotherham. But, you know, there'll, there'll be some similar, similar physical challenges. But I think we actually, I, I thought Lavelle and O'Connor dealt with, I mean, it was difficult to deal with uh, that lad Smith up front for Rotherham. But I think overall, they knew when to back off. Because obviously you're not a lot of the physical battles you aren't going to win, so sometimes you've got to back off and pick up those knockdowns. So I think kind of that understanding and awareness will be important for dealing with the likes of Oliver and Akinde if he does play uh, come Saturday. So looking at the Gillingham game, um, is it is it is Kent near enough for you guys to go, James and Charlie? It's uh, it's very very close. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, really looking forward to it. It's one of our, our best friends we've known for years. He's a Gillingham fan through and through, and it's uh, so he, he, we're going to be seeing him there. The, 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 the another enemy podcast, Third Tier, have been really good with us and the club in general. Don't even listen to them; they're really good. They've got a Gillingham fan part of their um, their presence pre- presenter team, and James is on with them today. They've been they've been very friendly to something, James, so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a club without enormous resources that has solidified its position in League One and has made itself made made, made itself a, a regular fixture. And you know, they've done incredibly well um, in, in doing that. And, and it's not a massive fan base, and the crowds aren't enormous. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to going. Um, yeah, I I think that um, I think that it could be quite a different game to Tuesday night, albeit that. They have some similar strengths to Rotherham. Um, you know, it, 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 it's 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 not a too dissimilar a style. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really I'm really looking forward. To it. And I and I don't know who we're going to play in the midfield, but um, and I won't ask Dermot right now. But I think it might be slightly different to Rotherham. It's a it's a strange one because obviously Steve Evans and Paul Rayner. Um, uh, I I, I pers- this is just me personally. You could have a camera on the game and a camera on them too because they're like comedy gold. How either of them don't have a heart attack during the game? There can be there can be one contested throwing that they should have won, and they're literally going absolutely ape. And I'm like, I was doing the commentary the last time we played, and I was like, calm down, lads, calm down. It's only a throwing, but they were literally going mad. So that will be interesting. Uh, Dermot, I'll come to you. Gillingham, different set of challenges probably from Rotherham. Probably not quite as uh, up and at them, I would say, but still, a, still a difficult team to play away from home. They're going to be, they're going to be happy and try and enforce their tactics on their own patch, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Very, very, listen, very direct. Probably closer to Shrewsbury than they are to to Rotherham. Probably in their style, they're, without the ball, they're they're not as up and at them and, and energetic and, and and pressing. They'll maybe prove me wrong now, but 
Um, but no, they're but listen, they're they're as the boy said, they're proven at this level, they're experienced at this level, they're wily, they know what to do, they, they put the ball in the right areas, and you have to be aware to it. Sometimes it's not pretty, but it doesn't matter. Football sometimes is, as as more can prove last year is about winning games. It's about putting the ball in the right areas and winning games. And if you offered us a, a gritty result on Saturday going down there and we maybe didn't play the beautiful style of football that we wanted, then I would probably take it because it's a it's a very, very difficult place to go. So I'll move on. Uh, the, the win at Blackburn gave us the, the home tie against Preston North End, uh, who, as we know, still have many, many season ticket holders in our postcode. Uh, you know, uh, older fans will remember, you know, Preston were the big team and we were in the Northern Premier League. Uh, so it, it's understandable it's a, an attractive tie on Tuesday night. Preston not having the best of starts, Dermot, so it's probably a, a dangerous time to play a side like that, I would say. Yeah, it's one of them where you look at uh, sides kind of up the divisions and you think, right, well, they might rest a few in a cup competition against Little Old Morecambe, but, um, but I don't think that'll be the case. I think they'll be coming full belt. They'll be looking to build any kind of momentum they can. Um, they have another tough game um, on Saturday, another tough game for them, so... They're on a poor run, but they still have quality. They still have very, very good footballers. They still, they still have good coaches. And I know the, the results haven't fallen for the manager as per yet, but they'll be a, a wounded animal coming here and, and they'll look at this as an opportunity to say, Do you know what, we can go there and, and maybe rightly or wrongly, they'll think they can notch a couple of goals and, and get confidence going. But um, hopefully our, our performance against Blackburn in, partic- uh, Blackburn in particular has shown that we're, we're going to be a little bit different to that. And... And we fancy ourselves. We'll go into that. It's a it's a free hit. We may as well go and enjoy ourselves. Hopefully, a big crowd here again, and and um, yeah, and see if we can make a little bit more a uh, little bit more of a noise and and see what happens. I was going to say, Dave, there's a message from Ben on that that uh, obviously we're hoping for more than four thousand, if not five. Uh, yeah, five thousand. So people want to buy. People should buy their tickets as soon as possible. Um, get them get them early. There might not be many on the gate at all, and. Uh, um, I mean, how would it sound next week playing Preston North End and Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, I'll, I'll come to you now, Joel, because obviously you grew up locally, just like James, just like Charlie, just like I did. The, uh, playing Preston and then Sheffield Wednesday in the next week, you're sort of like, uh, hang on a minute, when, when do we play Buxton and Lake Town? You know, it, this is a dream come true, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is quite something. I, I know, obviously, we've had a bit of history with Preston over the years and the Cup. And they're all, and you know, that's always been exciting. But with Sheffield Wednesday, I remember, uh, and I think it was the FA Cup we played them quite a few years back. But they were the league above, and and they look, you know, them coming down was quite, quite exciting. And you know, now we're in the same league as them. It's going to be, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much. I don't think I can make the Preston game, unfortunately. But I'm very, very much looking forward to the Sheffield Wednesday game. That's going to be absolutely cracking. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll come to the. Um... The the uh, the board guys now. Um, obviously, you touched on it before, Charlie. Um, you you we, we we mentioned it a little bit at the end of the last podcast. Obviously, there's new challenges, and everyone uh, who's turning up, yeah, there, there are going to be complaints, etc. But you've got new food stalls. Uh, you've put a new bar in behind the home goal. Uh, what what's you know? Obviously, we've gone contactless as well. What's the? Have we got any updates on the the the, the possibilities of uh, the cover before the bad weather behind Hong Kong? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, we, we are trying our best to make sure we do it the best job possible at all times. And please, and I know I know most people realise that, um, and and give us a break a little bit. But you know, 
we 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 are we are fans, as you know. We want to make sure we 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 want as much as you guys do. Yeah, the club wants as much as you guys do. The players, fans. So um, if 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 anyone's having a little bit of a moment, they're wondering if if, if something's been thought of to do with improving the service. We really do welcome open feedback. We saw last week with Ben's uh, communication, which came from a lot of social media feedback and direct feedback we had. Yeah. We want to be the best we can possibly be. We're bringing in these these new units. We're bringing in new bars. Um, I think it was in Ben's, uh, people want to refer about the, the cover at the back. There's an update in Ben's communication this week, wasn't there, James? That there needs to be some extra piling. So we would, right. we, we, we would be nearly finished by now. But when the, just the surveyors looked at it, there needs to be extra piling done, in the, which was being done uh, between games and stuff. So obviously, there's so many games, it's, it's, it's not as quick as it wanted to be. But James and I promised we would get this done. You know, you know, at some stage before the, the, the season was nearing completion, but you know, everything's so many projects. Ben is the busiest man in the world, um, and he's just he, he was ticking everything off. We're obviously looking for a um, ticket uh, ticket office manager as well as a retail manager, because obviously we, we do realise that the ticket provision, the ticket buying service is not great. Yeah, yeah, we re- we realise that, and then we're trying to make. We are just trying. It's just it's just it's we're trying to improve everything. <laughs> and it, yeah, and, uh, and, some and things that, go slower than others, right? Of course they do, but obviously you know that, that, that's good news. What you said about the piling, if you can get that piling, because at, at the moment I don't think anybody's bothered. It was very pleasant on Tuesday night at the, at the home game because the simple fact is it's quite warm and it wasn't raining. But uh, obviously, come October on a Tuesday night, it's going to be pretty, you know. So uh, the, the sooner that stuff like that gets done, the better. James, yeah. I'll come to you now. Um, uh, we, we've done particularly well, not particularly well, we've done amazingly well on the, the season ticket situation. What, how's that going now? Because I know people are still buying it. Richard, uh, I, I was panicking there. I thought you'd lock me in. <laughs> Thanks, man. There you are. That was that was that was Dermot getting locked in. <laughs> Two thousand four hundred now. Is that is that what it is? Two thousand four hundred. Yeah. Go on, James. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's been brilliant, but we we've, we've got to make sure that we 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 match the numbers with with the experience and make sure that um, we are the club can't control Dermot and Stephen and the players are entirely responsible for what happens on the pitch, whether it's entertaining, whether there's wins. Looking to control what 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 the experience is like coming coming to the Mazuma, um, and we've got to make sure that having got that massive increase, two thousand four hundred is is it's not just three times our previous season ticket record; it's more than three times. Yeah. I'm not sure that's been achieved by an EFL team, even Bradford when they did a similar scheme a long time ago. I'm not sure they achieved that sort of a, a quantum increase. We've got to make sure we, we meet that with um with with an experience that, that is right. Um, and that means, you know, everything from improving service speed in the bars to making sure there's enough pies, to making sure that people aren't queuing too long, to make sure there's enough contactless terminals and everything else. And we've almost made this problem bigger for ourselves than, 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 than we were expecting by selling so many season tickets, which is the right problem to have. But it's, um, it, it, it's why I'm, I'm so pleased we've got people like Ben running around like an absolute lunatic, trying to improve everything all of the time. Because... Um, if we just come into this league like Akron did it a couple of years ago, and maybe sold two or three hundred extra season tickets, it's not a, it's not it's not a big job to to sort of in, increase your capacity by 30 percent, which is what Akron did. We're increasing our capacity by hundred percent, and so it's tough. Um, but yeah, I'm really pleased we got Ben. He's doing it. 
we just got to make sure we keep trying to improve everything as Charlie says. It's, it's improving absolutely everything. Uh, Dermot has joined us again from, uh, bless him, he's come back outside. <laughs> All right, my apologies, that was the security guard putting the alarm on. I, I panicked. I, was, I thought he'd lock me in. But. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, just, just as a matter of interest, Joel, I'd leave that in. That was quite a good comedy moment, actually. I know, yeah, it might make the edit, I think. It might make the edit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll come to Joel. You've got a couple of questions for Dermot, haven't you? Yeah, and I won't keep them there too long because Dim is currently uh, outside the ground, uh, being an absolute saint, still recording with us. But uh, so I don't want to keep him too long. But uh, yeah, just kind of looking at uh, how you kept the situation you came to with the club and, and so many decisions to be made quickly on players that were already there before kind of bringing people in. How 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 was that? And what kind of process did you go through to kind of evaluate the current players that? That were that were out of contract and work out who you're going to offer a contract to. Yeah, it was it was very very difficult. We had three when we came in, three retained players. So Sam, Andre, and um, Aaron Wildick. So it's not a bad start. Three good players, three boys that we definitely would have wanted to keep as well. So um, the challenging thing for us was we obviously had a good knowledge of of a, a number of the players, but then also there was other players that we maybe hadn't seen in a year, a couple of years. We hadn't seen them live in a while. Um, we obviously had to get the opinions of, of obviously John Mack. His opinion was massive in it all. Barry Roach, even um, Wayne and Drummy and the boys as well, knowing them and, and being experienced from playing to, to get their opinion on, on the characters and, and what they're all about. And, and then we just spent every minute we, we could at the club pretty much just, just looking into the, first and foremost, the current crop of players that we had. Um, and then it's trying to build a relationship with them, trying to build a relationship with their agent, trying to go to them and, and discuss our project, what we're all about, where we see them fitting in. Um, and it, it's easy for us to say no, but we got the ones that we wanted. We, 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 were, we spoke to everybody. We let everyone know. I had called everyone kind of within a, a 24 hours or so of when we came in and just said, listen, we're going to need a few days to get our head around everything. And, uh, and then from that point, we... We sat down or at least had a conversation with everybody um, and, and just we were open and honest and we said, listen, we feel we're going to go another direction. We obviously had fantastic success, club legends for what they've done, but some of them have, have moved on, unfortunately for them. But um, but we feel like we've kept on the, the right core squad because there was a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of positivity and everything coming off the back of Wembley. And, and we wanted to harness that, but we also recognised that we needed we needed fresh blood and and to change the style and to, to try and to try and do it a little bit differently this season. We, we needed new bodies in, but it was a stressful couple of weeks. We were joking saying we lost weight because we never left the club, but that's probably a good thing. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. And yeah, a lot of work to do in that kind of short space of time. So when, when you kind of come through that and you've kind of, you tied up the players that you, you knew you wanted to keep, I think you've kind of touched upon this before, but like when you're, you're bringing the new players in, uh, it, it sounds almost like you've kind of got lists already of players you like in certain areas, and is that kind of your starting point for when you start looking at recruiting for new, recruiting the new players? Yeah, and I think from in particular the manager from from being up at Motherwell, uh, how it worked is is Motherwell were generally year to year, so you you're kind of replacing half your squad every year because more often than not, six or seven of them were sought after and went to bigger clubs and and got more money and moved on and. And then also you, you naturally leave three or four goals. So pretty much every year he's continually in every cycle. He was rec recruiting eight, ten players. So um, 
it's something that we were joking with people the other day, but we feel like we're finally getting to the end of recruitment now. But it starts again in about six weeks for, for January because you're going to need to protect yourselves. We've five lone players. We've got uh, players that are sought after, players that are doing really well. So you just, it, it's a continual cycle as well as coaching the team to, to always look and see who is the next number nine. If God forbid someone knocks on the door and, uh, and, and says, we're going to take Cole Stockton to another level, uh, then we need to have a plan or we haven't done our job. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's why recruitment is such a massive part of what we do because we back ourselves as coaches, but the players need to be good. You, you need to be, you need to be cooking with good food, and and we are. We've we've managed to recruit the right types, the right age profile, the right mentality. Ambitious boys. There's nothing wrong with that. We want them to be ambitious. We want them to openly say, Do you know what, I want to go again. I want to move again. I want to. I've seen what's happened in the summer with Gomez getting the move and stuff. I, I want to do that. I want to be the next one of them. And, that's fine because everyone wins. Everyone benefits from that. The club benefits. The fans will benefit because they'll see a fantastic player and, and us as a staff and, and everyone else and, and the club as a whole because we can improve other elements of the club with any profits or any money that comes in, which is, which is fantastic. I suppose that kind of like, do you think that, that, that obviously it starts probably with Carlos, but hopefully keep on building on that and, and, and becoming a club where we say, you know what, we're, we're not one of the big boys in this division, but if you're young and you're talented, we'll give you a chance, we'll develop you, and you know you can, you can really show what you do here. Do you think that is something that you can kind of almost build as a bit of a selling point? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong. People think there's something wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. You, you're providing a platform, and, and even for, I mentioned, I mentioned staff, I mentioned Ben, I mentioned different people. People are ambitious. People are fantastic at what they do, so you want them to be fantastic at what they do. They'll give you every hour of the day. They'll, they'll work themselves to the bone. And ultimately, they'll improve what we do on and off the pitch and see if someone's life changes then from a move like Carlos gets. We've all got to be proud and delighted and absolutely ecstatic for him and his family. And if we can keep doing that once a season, twice a season, whatever it is, then, as I said, it's our job to replace them. Um, and, and that's the reality of a, of a size of club we're at. And that's something that we should aim for and embrace. And, and, um, and we have brought in all the boys that are coming here, Wes McDonald, all these boys... They want to go to another level. Um, Cole, I'm sure, wants to go to another level. There's not openly telling me as a coach that I want to leave you, but but ultimately we want them. If Cole scores 15 goals, he's going to be very, very hard to keep a hold of. Um, but he'd have scored 15 goals in League One from Orkham, so he would deserve whatever came his way. No, definitely, yeah. I tell you what, it, the, the life of a football manager and a coach, it, it's non-stop. And yeah, it, it frightens me. I'm tired hearing about it and thinking about it already. It's I actually, the the manager um, at Rotherham was talking about it, and just before he left, he said, "Do you actually enjoy this?" Because I'm not sure I do. And I, I actually said to him, "I goes, well, I'm young. I, I'm young and busy. I enjoy this. I love it. I, it's a healthy obsession for me. I don't have at the minute. I have no hobbies. This is my hobby, and I'm loving it. But um, and I know the manager as well. Listen, he had a couple of months out of the game after leaving Motherwell, and I think it was the right time. He he'd done everything he could do at Motherwell. He'd he changed the style. He'd improved the players. He'd sold." They were able to reinvest. The club was fantastic in comparison to where it was when he came in the door. So that's ultimately what it's all about. But he's a he's a hard worker. He's a grafter, and he wants to to continually push the boundaries. He's he's going to be on Charlie. He's going to be on James. He's going to be on Ben. He's always going to be looking for something else because that's what we want to do. If if we drive it forward and Ben drives it forward and now Ryan drives it forward in the media side and the board are fantastic. They'll support wherever we can. We know we're not Man United, but if we can continue continue pushing forward, then I think fans and everyone else will see the benefit. No, definitely. I think 
that's or I think that's already the case actually as fans and I'm sure Charlie and James and Fraser will agree you know with I think it's early days but I think there's a lot of positive feeling at the moment definitely yeah no yeah, I, I I agree from our from, the, from a fan's perspective and just just what we've spoken about tonight there are obviously there's some negatives with the injuries but that's really the only negatives there are because obviously uh, we, we used to be in a situation where if we lost a player uh, out through injury that we'd really really miss them uh, and I think you know looking at what Derek set up last year and what you've carried on is the two players in every position or uh, up front three players in every position because they keep getting injured but that's just planning for the every, every eventuality and that's that's not been something that we've done in the past is it Joel? No yeah it's, it's sometimes been a bit uh, a bit kind of here and there with the squad building but yeah it feels I felt watching the building of the squad this summer the, the, the kind of players we were I think I think particularly on the wing uh, the, the, the players we recruited there I thought there were some obvious kind of characteristics that we were going for and I felt like there was a cohesion and a plan and that was as a fan quite comforting to watch that kind of all start to come together I, I just have a plan stick to the plan most people don't have a plan that's why you beat most people I think, um, you know, listening to Dermot tonight, every, all of our players have got ambition. Um, all of the players now have got huge ambition. And it's matching that off the field as well. As, as Dermot says, you know, Ryan and, 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 and Ben and the board and, and, and every, everybody involved now is trying to push it forward, which, which is wonderful. Um, and if everybody's as ambitious as Cole Stockton, Wes McDonald, and Dermot and Stephen, because you can tell everybody's going places, then the club benefits massively. So let's just all try and do as much as we possibly can. And following on from that, I'll come to Joel finally. Um, obviously, this is a Shrimps Trust podcast. Uh, are, we, are we doing on the old membership of the Shrimps Trust, Joel? Very well. I'm just double-checking the figures that uh, Jack, the purse string holders, has uh, sent me. But I believe we're on about 590 for members. Uh, and that's already this season. And last season, the total was 502 by the end of the season. So we're pushing membership right up, uh, which has been great. I think we've got an AGM coming up sometime. You'll probably hear about that a little bit more in the coming weeks. Uh, so, yeah, it's really positive. And, you know, I think from everybody around the club, that I think it's all about a lot, lot. There are lots of different kind of elements of positivity coming from lots of different elements of the club, whether it be ballroom, whether it be coaching and, and, and on the pitch. And, you know, if that's something that we can kind of jump on and encourage even further, then that's what, that's kind of a big part of what we're here to do. And I think that's, uh, that's been the, the, uh, you know, everything we've heard tonight, both from the boardroom and in, from the, the dressing room with Dermot has been uniformly, you know, we're, we're run very professionally. We're doing great on the pitch. We're doing great off the pitch. Uh, and yes, there are teething problems. Uh, people queuing for pies and complaining they've run out of chicken ham and leek. You know, Let's see the bigger picture, guys. But uh, thanks to everybody for, for your contribution tonight. I'll, I'll thank thank Joel for um, he's put all his intelligent books there. Look, if you can read them. Um, thanks to James and Charlie from the boardroom. Always valuable to have you on, just to give that perspective and let people know. Like I said, I call you the young books because you're a lot younger than me, but it's always great to have you on because I want to keep that contact. The communication is key, isn't it? It's free. Thank you. And finally, Dermot, thank you for staying longer than you should have. Thank you for getting kicked out of the club live on air. <laughs> okay, uh, this feed will be off, but it's not just a part of you, so you can... 
<laughs> here sitting. This is what it's all about. I like the way you sat in front of the badge, though, and then tilted it so that you could see it perfectly. That's lovely. That's just getting the PR. That's everything going right. Ryan told me that earlier. Make sure it's up in the background. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So thanks. I, I, I sincerely hope you get Wi-Fi in your house pretty quick and you'll come on again because uh, you've seen we don't bite and we're pretty positive. No, and, and I can only pass on. I was speaking to the manager. He was, he was busy this evening as well, but thanks for having me. Um, anything you need from us, whether it be Barry, John Mack, myself, any of the staff, feel free to give us a shout. We can come on when, uh, whenever, you're, whenever you're lucky enough to, to try and corner one of us and, and get us in. But uh, thanks for your support as well, everyone who's going to listen. And, and please, hopefully we can keep it going fierce for another wee while. So this has been uh, Shrimps Net, the Shrimps Trust podcast. It's been episode eight. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we will be back again next week if me and Joel can communicate and uh, get enough people corralled uh, and uh, interested enough to speak about it. But it's going to be a big week. We've got Gillingham, we've got PNE. We'll talk about that and we'll look forward to Sheffield Wednesday. Join us then. <laughs>